Homeschooling isn't just about education. It's about your kids, it's about your family, and it's about a lifestyle. Hi, my name is Jackie, and I'm the founder of Homeschool Think Tank. The Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast is about community, family, education, and life. I believe that these are the things that matter to homeschool families. Tune in each week and let's talk. I'll bring you a message from my heart, an expert interview, or an interview with the ultimate homeschooling experts, homeschool families like yours. Remember to check the link in the show notes below and you'll find an article that corresponds with this episode. Finally, remember to visit homeschoolthinktank.com for more information about how we serve homeschooling families. All right, let's get started with this week's episode. Our interview today is with Allison Schlegel, and she was homeschooled from birth through high school. In addition, her husband was as well, and they intend to homeschool their young daughter. So if you've ever wanted to hear from somebody who was actually homeschooled, this is a great podcast episode for that. And you will find that Allison mentions quite a few resources in this podcast episode. So there is an article that goes with this podcast episode, and you can find that in the show notes below. And in that article, I have listed all of the resources that she mentioned in this episode. And by the way, you can always find our interview with Allison at homeschoolthinktank.com slash interviews. And in addition, you can find many more interviews that we've done on the Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I started homeschooling when I was probably about four. My mom had a fun preschool curriculum that I think was a Mennonite curriculum. I don't know. I mostly remember lots of fun coloring pages, learning my letters, and just very basic stuff. I know you have a lot of siblings. Where are you in relationship to the other siblings? I'm the oldest. You're the oldest. So you were the first kid and she was just getting started with you. That's correct. Okay. So so that's how you remember starting. And then where did it go from there? From preschool to kindergarten (laughs) into uh, the successive grades. For the most part, up until about sixth grade, it was workbooks and we used Abeka a lot and nothing super involved, but I remember overall enjoying the experience. It didn't take up too much of the day, but I learned a lot and we were able to go on different field trips. My mom loved field trips. She loved people. We went on a lot of field trips. (laughs) So was that your favorite part of homeschooling then, the field trips? I think at that point, it definitely was. I have a lot of fond memories of some of my homeschool friends going to the post office and the pumpkin patch and kind of whatever it was that month. So what do you think, uh, looking back over the years, what are some of the things that worked the best in homeschooling in your opinion? I think the things that worked the best probably relate a lot to curriculum, if that makes sense. The kindergarten curriculum we used, which was Horizons, I think. I Mm -hmm. still remember the phonics rules. I still remember all of the pictures and the different activities. For whatever reason, that has really stuck with me. I was able to pick up reading really quickly, and I don't know if that was me personally or if that was in part due to the curriculum, but I enjoyed kindergarten a lot. And then of everything that I've ever done, I can speak the most highly of the Institute for Excellence in Writing. 
-hmm. They have a number of writing curriculum that just is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed yeah. it and I learned so much. Well, I think they actually even have online courses today and I haven't signed my kids up for that, but we have used that to some degree in our curriculum. And I would have to say there was some effectiveness to it for sure. We haven't stuck with that all the way through. Mm -hmm. My oldest daughter is like working on the second draft of a novel and it's the first draft was over 400 pages. And I would say that that gave her a strong foundation. Mm -hmm. So I, I think well of them as well. So what were some of the things that worked best for you as a homeschooled kid? I ended up doing a lot of work on my own, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I was very self-taught. And for me personally, that worked to a certain extent. I don't know if I would have done well with a sit down and let's do a teacher and a workbook because I can be kind of an independent person. Mm -hmm. But in that same vein, I think that I would have benefited from a little bit more one-on-one -on -one time. My parents were always there to answer questions and explain things that I didn't understand. But one thing that I've learned is it's important to ask questions and make sure that there's the recall there. Because if it's just all in my head, it's going to kind of leak back out my ears, <laughs> if that makes sense. I, under I understand that. And I personally see the need for that in my home and more mm -hmm. of that, where there's a little bit more talking about what you've learned, because when you talk about it, it really does help cement it a little bit more. You plan on homeschooling your little one, right? I do. Yes. Okay. So, so what are some of the things that you can look back on and say, mm, that could have been a little bit better. And I want to do better as a mother homeschooling my kids with that. I think that it's easy to look back and try to say, oh, I want to do all of these things different. When in reality, I don't know yet, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I know that I would like to definitely try and have a little bit more of an active role in my kids' homeschooling. But I also hope to have more kids. And I know that as you have more kids how much one-on-one -on -one time per se. You can have changes. Mm -hmm. And I think that in order to sort of spark that thirst for knowledge and learning, it's good to be able to know how to learn on your own. I wouldn't want my kids to be only learning when I'm teaching, if that makes sense. I want them to be desire to seek out knowledge themselves and my hope when I homeschool is to find that balance as much as I can between instructing and being involved and also allowing them to chase the things that interest them. I agree with you. <laughs> it, it's, there are challenges when you have kids and you never know. Every kid is different. Mm -hmm. And whether you're homeschool your kids or they're in public school, you're going to have challenges. It's the way it is. And you're not really in that role of homeschooling per se. Although I have to tell you, here's how I look at this. You're homeschooling already. <laughs> Your baby is little and it begins now. I'm sure even though she, I mean, what, how old is she now? Almost 15 months. Yeah. But you're reading to her mm -hmm. and just board books and she doesn't know, you know, she doesn't know everything, <laughs> but she's learning language. I genuinely feel like even if you're a stay-at-home mom, and if your kids aren't in daycare or if they're with you pretty much all the time, you're homeschooling them. Whether you call Absolutely. it that or not, if you're a stay-at-home mom, you're homeschooling your kids when they're two years old. 
It's the way it is because you are where their education is and where it's beginning. And so I, sometimes I, I struggle with saying how long I homeschool because in my mind, I've been homeschooling for 15 years mm-hmm, since absolutely. my oldest was an infant. And I knew when I was pregnant that I wanted to homeschool her. So I really did go into all of this, like, this is the way I want to do it. Now I had a time with my youngest where it didn't work out for a while. We had to do things different. And so I think it can be important to be a little bit flexible, even though mm-hmm that wasn't my dream. (laughs) It's the Mm -hmm. way it went. And she homeschools now. So I can understand with your mom too, sometimes it can be a challenge as your kids get older. They don't always want all your feedback, but it's (laughs) important to give them feedback in some manner, even if it's tutoring or maybe moms are teaching together and they each have some kids, you know, like a different mom's giving your kid the guidance, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, so that if there's a little bit of collaboration at times. Mm-hmm. So did your mom ever do any of that collaborating with other homeschool families? No, I've never really done homeschool co-ops. We were part of a, what used to be a really big homeschool group here in the area before it disbanded. And that's where a lot of the field trips came in. But there were never really, it wasn't a co-op where you get together once a week and have different moms teach different classes kind of a thing. I think that that is a really neat idea. Not every mom or dad has the same strengths as others. And Mm -hmm. in a co-op situation, you can have the ability to play off one another's strengths. But that's also part of the challenge of being a homeschool parent is you get to learn all of the things that you may or may not have forgotten. <laughs> and so in order to teach them to your kids. Yeah. Yeah. So do you see yourself doing some things a lot different than the way you were raised? Even if you think it was good, but now maybe you see other ways. Um, I think that I'm open to experimentation a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. I There are things that I would definitely continue or want to use with my kids, whether that's the kindergarten program that I remember or the Institute for Excellence in Writing. But there are other places that I would take a different approach. We used Saxon Math, which is a great math program, but I... I was a nanny for another homeschool family and I helped them homeschool their kids, which was a neat experience. I got to see other curriculum outside of what I used in action that I might try that too. (laughs) What did you like that you saw them using? They used Right Start Math, I think is what it's called. Yes. And that is a slightly different approach to math. They focus on an abacus and grouping things in fives, primarily in the elementary years. And that made sense to me <laughs> really well. Mm-hmm. They also used the program all about spelling that I again enjoyed as a teenager. And mm-hmm. I think that both of those have benefits mm-hmm. in homeschool class. <laughs> yeah. And I would be interested in trying them myself. Now, can I ask you this? So when I started, and I'll, I'll tell you why I'm asking. When I started homeschooling my kids, I felt like, oh, here's a great reason to homeschool your kids, you can like start them in one curriculum and just take them through that all the way through. But then what I found is, hmm, this one, for whatever reason, isn't working as well as I wanted for my kid. Or this works Mm -hmm. for this kid, but not this kid. So how do you feel about that? Do you think it's, it's good to be 
a little more flexible and try a different curriculum or be willing to play with the curriculum that you are using to make it work. I'm just curious because sometimes there are moments when I can look back and think I should have just stuck with it. And other times I think I'm really glad I changed or Mm -hmm. we did things different. So you are learning as you go as a homeschooling parent and clearly as a kid, you're learning as you go. Yes. I think that one of the beauties of homeschooling is its flexibility because Mm -hmm. each, as you mentioned, each kid learns a little bit differently. Each family has their own style. And with homeschooling, you have the ability to tailor it a little bit more. Of course, if you have six kids that all have different learning styles, tailoring it could be kind of exhausting. I think that there are are a number of different curriculums, curricula, there are a number of different I need to look this up, Allie. I struggle (laughs) with this too. And I did it on a podcast I released recently where I went curriculum, curriculi. I really don't know. I need to look it up so I know it because it comes up clearly enough. So you're not alone is what I'm saying. (laughs) Yes. It makes sense to embrace the flexibility, but you you don't want to be changing what you're doing with your kids every single week because that's exhausting. As a parent, (laughs) that's exhausting for the kids because they don't know what's coming next. Mm -hmm. I would say be willing to change something if it's not working, but also find the things that you like and stick with them. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I think I, I agree with you there because that's what we do. We stick with something. If, if it's a bumpy day, that's one thing. If it's a bumpy mm-hmm. month, <laughs> we might need to look at changing things. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, you can't go even a whole month. Uh, and believe me, I have tried to go over a month just pushing through something and it didn't work for me. So let's talk about middle school, high school. What were your favorite parts, your, the most difficult parts of that? My favorite parts of middle school, high school were probably the apology of science that we used. Mm-hmm. And then I loved creative writing in high school. So all of the Institute for Excellence in Writing things and the writing programs, I always enjoyed those. We also used curriculum called Omnibus from Veritas mm-hmm. Press that had a lot of really good parts. And not all of it was perfect. It was kind of like a great books study. And I really enjoyed it a lot of the time. And there were other times when I really didn't. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of reading. It was a lot of writing. It wasn't easy, but it was, it could be a lot of fun. (laughs) Now, I want to mention this. So Mm -hmm. Allie's husband was also a homeschooled student. So did he homeschool the whole time? He did also. Okay, so I'm really hoping that at some point he might want to visit with me. And I'd even love to visit with you guys together because to me, your family is like this treasure trove, really, because you have things that works for you, what didn't work, maybe things you did similar or different. And even from Mm -hmm. your mom's perspective or your siblings, because I don't know of many couples where both of you homeschooled and clearly what I, part of what I want to share here is clearly homeschooling works and it can work. (laughs) I'm not saying it's for everybody, Mm -hmm. but your husband makes a solid living. You know, you are functioning in society quite nicely and you were homeschooled from beginning to end. And Mm -hmm. I have to say, 
I mentioned earlier in this that Allie and I are in Toastmasters together. And I love this because I can see clearly that you have a love for learning. And actually, I remember... Oh, a few years ago, I saw you and Eric, and it's like I recognized you guys. I didn't really know you like I know you now. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't quite place you in the moment, but I saw you at the library, and you were sitting there. The library every fall has a used book sale, and oh my gosh, you can get so many great books for next to nothing. And, Dangerous for homeschoolers. <laughs> oh, it is. Oh, it is. Yeah. And so, but you were both just sitting there pouring through books, and you are both very clearly well-educated. There is no doubt in my mind that you are very well-educated and you're articulate. I think you guys are great role models, really, and sort of a, a great picture for how homeschooling can go and how it can work. So I, I want to commend you guys and your parents. Clearly, they did something right. Yeah. <laughs> So they did something right. And actually, I'll share this. Allie's younger sister is my daughter's violin teacher. And oh my gosh, she is phenomenal. I am so grateful. She's such a great teacher. And my daughter loves your sister. Now, let's talk a little bit about outside of the curriculum. What do you think are some of the greatest ups for homeschooling your family that aren't necessarily what people think of? When they think, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to homeschool my kids. What are some of the greatest advantages? I think one of the greatest advantages is that you build a stronger family. You're not split up during the day. Most of the day, you're together. And yeah, I was in my room and my sister was upstairs and another one was at the kitchen table. But we were all together at mealtimes. We all had to do our chores together. We did our daily Bible reading together. And it builds a stronger family culture, I would think, because you're interacting more, you get to know each other better, just by the virtue of you've got time to spend together. I agree with you 100%. <laughs> and that, so part of the purpose of this podcast is to just share more about homeschooling and to help people understand what it's all about, even if you aren't currently homeschooling your kids, or if you are homeschooling, to give you some ideas of things that might work better for you. And that is exactly one of the things that I didn't necessarily think of when I thought I wanted to homeschool my kids, but I have found that to be a huge advantage. I do feel like we're closer. And sure, there's moments we struggle or whatever, but Overall, I feel very close to my daughters and like we can have a great conversation. And they're in an age where I know a lot of parents, it seems like, are complaining about their kids, but I don't feel that way. I I feel Mm -hmm. like I have pretty awesome kids and not I'm not in any way trying to brag, but I'm like, I like my kids. I like being with them. And I enjoy them. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Now what are there any other advantages that you found? I think that field trips are awesome. You get to go Mm -hmm. to places during the day, then they're less crowded. You can go grocery shopping when it's less crowded. The parks are empty during the day. Like those are, those are really fun things. And there's nobody at the library. It's, I loved the library when I was growing up. We went once a month when the books were due and we'd go and spend like two hours trying to find all the research stuff and all the books that we were wanting to read. And 
I forgot about how much I enjoyed going to the library. <laughs> it, you know what? We're the same way. And actually, in the last couple of months, it seems like we haven't made it quite as much. But overall, over the years, yeah, the library is a big deal. And I think the library is a homeschooler's best friend because absolutely, it costs nothing. You don't have to worry about their safety necessarily <laughs> with books. Mm-hmm. You know, like you might online when kids are doing online stuff and my kids are online and they do things but you do have to be more aware and the librarians know my kids by name I mean (laughs) you know and actually my daughter will have one of the librarians even like help proofread her book sometimes or just give her feedback or whatever and they're great they're they're really awesome yeah and we are fortunate in our community we have a fantastic library, just an amazing library. Now, what were some of the bigger drawbacks that you might have noticed? Hmm. Honestly, I'm not sure. Um, I didn't know what the inside of a school bus looked like until I was 10. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I understand that. (laughs) that, that, That's kind of, I think, I know for me personally, I went through stages when I don't know that I wanted to go to school necessarily. I more just wanted to know what that experience was like, but I wouldn't you would have trade. Liked to have gone for a week and been done. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, but I wouldn't trade my homeschool experience for anything. That is amazing. That's key. And I, I don't know you're going to say this. I have to assume it because you <laughs> plan to homeschool your daughter. And, uh, you know, I have at one point been acquainted with one other person in our community that homeschooled that didn't homeschool her kids. And I, I don't even know how I'd find her again because <laughs> like the way I met her. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, that's even a perspective I'm willing to share because it's, I'm here to be honest and to share, mm-hmm. you know, and what work. But maybe there are things in common that people do that don't work. And maybe there are things in common that do work. Here's probably one of the last questions. I know you need to go because your daughter's waking up. So how did you guys structure your day? Well, th- I would say there were two phases to my homeschooling. My early years up through fifth grade, hmm. through fifth grade, we did mostly a Becca. And I don't, I remember we would get up, we do breakfast, we do school for a couple hours in the morning, and then we were done, which freed us up for field trips or activities or whatever it was that we were going to do. And when I was in third grade, my biological mom got very sick. And those next two years were were rather tumultuous. My pastor's wife ended up homeschooling us for a couple of those years. And when I was 10, my mom died. And then about a year later, my dad remarried. My now stepmom, my mom. And at that point, there was kind of a shift in the curriculum we used, how we homeschooled. The two years that my mom was sick, there was not a whole lot of structure to our days, understandably. Mm-hmm. And when my stepmom came in, she added a lot of more structure, which we desperately, desperately needed. And I am eternally grateful for her being willing to come in and take on five kids that weren't hers. And be a mom and mm-hmm. at that point we we get up about seven 
and we had to have our chores done by around nine in the morning sometime we'd do bible which would take about an hour and then the rest of the day generally speaking we'd be working on school individually dinner mm-hmm. was around six thirty, and we girls would clean the kitchen and finish up what was left and go to bed so okay so so your mom your stepmom mom <laughs> I, I had the pleasure of meeting her last week she's very nice very nice. Yes. Very kind. And she's beautiful too. Okay. So your mom brought this structure to your day and you had a general time frame that you followed things, but was it ever like, okay, this time we're going to do this and at this time we're going to do this. Or was it more of a, well, when we finish this, then we do that. And just sort of a general routine. It was more of a general routine. Like I said previously, we were more or less self-taught we tried like this hour we're going to do math and this hour we're going to do that. And mm-hmm. the subjects never really fit into the times that we gave them. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I have found as well. So we had a, a start time and were expected to be done with school by the time we went to bed is kind yeah. of how the day went. Well, that's sort of how it has evolved here too. And I'd actually, I'd love to visit with your mom about, and other parents too, who have done this for a really long time, what made it possible to do it for the long haul. And here's, I'll show a little bit about what I think makes it possible because I see where I sent my daughter to private school and I can sort of look back and go, I think if I would have done it this way, we might've had a different result. And here's what I think. I think (laughs) being flexible with your days, I think I I used to, when I first started, be like, okay, we have to do this, this, and this. Cause like, I'd get my like, I was a phys ed teacher before I had kids. So I'd have like my yearly plan, like literally mm-hmm. I'd be like, okay, we're going to do these pages in this month. And this is this week and this week and this week. Reality is it doesn't always work out like that. You have one dentist appointment or a kid gets sick or whatever. And quite frankly, that's how it is in school too. There's an assembly, there's a fire drill, there's a snow day, throws your weekly plan out of whack, you know? It, mm-hmm. there's always something coming up that throws your week out of whack. So what I have found is it's nice to have an ideal schedule and recognize if I'm lucky four weeks out of the year will go toward my ideal mm-hmm. schedule. But I've changed it to where we make progress every day, and, you know, or most days of the week, put it that way. And if you don't get to something, I'm not stressing at the end of the day being like, oh, Okay, you got to do that. Now, it's one thing if the kids are just messing around. That's different. But if there is a legitimate reason that you didn't get to it all, well, that's okay. It's not the end of the world. And actually, I homeschool my kids year round. I sort of do like Mm -hmm. four days a week, most of the time, year round. And in the summer, it can be a little lighter. It just takes so much pressure off. So, and I, I really think that's sort of the key to sticking with it through the long haul. I think it's you have a plan. So your kids are always making progress, but you're not so darn rigid like I was in the very beginning mm-hmm. that you make your family miserable. <laughs> that, that's, that's my thought. What do you think? I think that there's some value to that. We also homeschooled through the summer and I didn't think I'd like it better, but I liked it better because <laughs> the first five or six years that I homeschooled, we didn't, we took summers off and then kind of in order to free up the schedule a little bit in that same way. We started homeschooling through the summer and that opened up the opportunity to do more like crafts and kind of home economics things, learning how we made soap, we made, we kind of learned how to sew. I crocheted a lot. It was nice to have the flexibility to do some of those things. 
I know that like making soap might not be part of your curriculum, but I tend to think that's education too. And in a sense, it's chemistry and there's some science. I mean, you can really take almost any field trip and bring in more curriculum around it, you know, write a paper mm-hmm. about it, learn how the science works behind it. There are things that you can do with nearly any field trip you take and just make that part of what you do. I tend to think most of my children's days are filled with education, whether you call it curriculum or not, because they're not just sitting around doing nothing. They're always doing something, almost always productive, really. And Mm -hmm. even like you mentioned, you guys had chores in the beginning of the day. I think that's Mm -hmm. a huge deal because it develops responsibility. You know how to do your own things. Like this year, I finally, like, I don't do my kids' laundry at all anymore. (laughs) At no. all. And I, I'm not saying I've been doing all these last few years, but I would do it sometimes. And I, mm-hmm. I might like lay it out on the table for you to fold later, but I'm not folding it anymore. You know, but that's real life. You've got to. It is. It absolutely is. Yes. Oh. We were expected to help clean up the kitchen every night and mm-hmm. we alternated nights making dinner. We vacuumed and dusted and all these things. And now as a married woman, I know how to clean a bathroom. I know how to do my own laundry. I can meal plan. Not th- These things are not always easy, but I have the knowledge and the ability. Yeah. Now let's say, Allie, I'd like to ask this. Let's say you had to work out in the world. Do you feel like you're good to go if you needed to? I think I'd figured out. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't... I personally didn't go to college. I got married right out of high school. I'm not Mm -hmm. opposed to higher education. It's just not the direction my life went. But I am sure that if the opportunity arose, I'd be able to figure it out. I'm pretty (laughs) sure you could. There'd probably be some trial and error and mistakes made along the way, but we get there. I think that's such a great mindset that you feel like, yeah, I could do it. I can figure it out because I think so much of life is about your mindset. And in a sense, I have a phys ed degree, but I'm sorry, I didn't go to school to learn how to do a podcast or build a business or a brand. And I'm doing all of these things because I have that mindset of it's figure outable. So, yes. <laughs> and that's a, that term was coined by Marie Forleo. I need to just throw credit <laughs> her way because that's where it came from. So Allie and I had to take a break from recording the podcast because her little one was waking up from a nap. So it's actually been two days and now we are resuming this episode and we've both had a little bit of time to think about what we've shared and reflect on that. So we're picking up from here. Now, before we move forward, I want to mention that Allie shares a scripture and some of her thoughts around this. And I want you to understand that Homeschool Think Tank is not a faith-based podcast, but it is a respectful podcast. We are thoughtful of one another's viewpoints inside this podcast. And I think that what she has to say has value regardless of your stance on faith. All right, let's move forward. Thanks, Jackie. I'm going to start out by reading Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9. It says, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. I think that that is the heart of homeschooling. 
making sure to always take the opportunity, whatever opportunity it is, to instruct your children, especially about God's law and his ways, but also chemistry or math or whatever it is that comes up based on the circumstances. Because we were talking a little bit before we got started and something that you mentioned, Jackie, was that our kids are always watching. There's a proverb, little pictures have big ears. Our children are listening to us, they're watching us, and what they see seems to have even more of an impact than what we say. As parents, I think that what we should strive to do is live the life we want our children to live. And that's not easy. (laughs) We're human. We make mistakes. But if we're not striving to live our best life, then our children will also not strive to live their best life. And by homeschooling, by being together as a family, we get so much more of an opportunity to show them, show our kids who we want for them to be. And that is probably the biggest and most important reason for me why to homeschool. So you want to be a good example to your kids. And that's Absolutely. And to take every opportunity to teach my kids about God and his law and his ways and the Bible in our lives, that is foundational for me as a Christian. The Westminster Larger Catechism, the very first question is, what is the chief and highest end of man? And the answer, man's chief and highest end is to glorify God and fully to enjoy him forever. And by homeschooling, we get the opportunity to teach our children about God, how to glorify him in their lives, and Lord willing, to enjoy him for their entire lives also. So when we were talking a little bit before we got back on, we had talked a little bit about how all of homeschooling is educating your kids, which is where you brought the scripture in. And I want to say that I I made a comment in our conversation earlier about how I think that if you are basically a stay-at-home mom or you're the stay-at-home parents anyway, and you're with your kids all the time, that you really are homeschooling your kids, even if let's say they're two years old and you don't think of yourself as a homeschooling parent and you you actually think you're going to send your kids to school, but maybe maybe you're listening to this podcast because you're curious about homeschooling, right? Now, there is a difference between being intentional with what we teach our kids and teaching them unintentionally. So when I say that I believe every stay-at-home parent is really homeschooling their kids, it doesn't mean that we're always being intentional or doing it to the best of our ability. And I I certainly, (laughs) even though I've always considered myself a homeschooling parent, I have not done it all right. And I know that. So I just sort of wanted to clarify that a little bit, that I don't think it's actually the same as being intentional with what you're teaching your kids, but you are teaching them whether you are intending to or not. Does that make sense? It does. And I think you had a little bit of a take on that as well. I think I kind of mentioned earlier that kids are always watching what we're doing. And our example is what is most prevalent in their lives. My husband and I have talked a lot about how, because I am home with our daughter, 
the most, the way I do things is the way that our daughter is likely to do things. And I can see that in my own life, my own habits come a lot from how I was raised, whether positive or negative. And I think it's beneficial to try and keep that in mind. Like you said, it's not easy. It's not easy to always be striving to do the best that we can, but it's an important reminder to know that how we live impacts not just ourself. It impacts those around us, whether that's our kids or our friends or extended family. It's important to remember that our bad habits will be picked up just as much as our good habits. Absolutely. And you were talking a little bit about mindset before we started recording. Do you want to share anything about that? Something that my husband says is you need to set your goals high, whether it's for homeschooling, for life in general, and strive to get to them. But if you set low goals, you may not make those low goals and you're left even lower than you were before. It's good to strive for greatness and we may not get there, but if we at least try, we'll be better than if we didn't try in the beginning. So I really do think that your mindset impacts your life in a huge way. And Allie, thank you so much for everything you shared with us today. I am just so grateful to have you. And I think as we bring more and more people who were homeschoolers as kids and who are now parents and homeschooling their kids, that the lessons that you can share with the people who are listening, are going to be very valuable. And I bet that your impact and your reach will eventually be far greater than you ever imagined. So thank you so much, Allie. Thank you, Jackie. I hope that you enjoyed this interview with Allison Schlegel. So I'd like to mention to you that if you are just thinking about homeschooling, you might want to listen to or read my book, Think Homeschool, Live and Learn Your Way, and you can find that at homeschoolthinktank.com. In addition, you might want to look at joining our online community. I think that you can find value in that as well. And again, you can find that at homeschoolthinktank.com. Finally, I would like to remind you that you can get all of the resources that Allison mentioned in the article that corresponds with this episode, and you can find the link to that in the show notes below. Likewise, you can always find all of our podcast guests at homeschoolthinktank.com interviews. Live and learn your way. My name is Jackie, and I am your host of the Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast. Bye-bye. I want to say thank you for listening to the Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd like to ask you to take a moment to follow this podcast and share it with a friend. Remember to check the show notes for a link to the article that corresponds with this podcast episode. In this article, we'll include any links that we mentioned in this episode. And remember that you can search all of the Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast episodes at homeschoolthinktank.com. 